the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. You hear the word equity a lot these days. And equity and equality don't mean the same thing. But equity is this word that's being sort of imposed upon us as a replacement for equality. Instead of just giving everyone an equal opportunity at happiness and liberty and life in this country, they're saying, no, there must be equal outcomes for everyone. That's a key component to critical race theory. It's a key component to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And today's guest, John Amanchukwu Sr., is going to say wrong. He is a minister, a father, a speaker, a leader in many circles of influence. Hey, he played football at North Carolina State under Chuck Amato, has a master's degree from Liberty University in Christian ministry. He served as the leader of youth and young adult ministries and has been a youth pastor for 15 years. And he's just written a book called Erased, Uncovering the Lies of Critical Race Theory and Abortion. I am thrilled to talk to this man, and I think you'll be thrilled to listen. He's next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. I think it's very sweet that John Amanchukwu, my guest today, thinks that I'm a celebrity, and I think he's more of a celebrity than I am. (laughs) Hi, John. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your show. And you are a celebrity. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know about that. But um, you've written a book and you are you've got this great Twitter following and you've got so much going on. And I'm excited to talk to you about your book, Erased, uh, Uncovering the Lies of Critical Race Theory and Abortion. And the, the neat thing, and we'll show the the book here to our audience who's watching us on YouTube, if you're just listening to us. The book erased, the E and the D uh, in the word erased are kind of red. And the word race, it's E-R-A-C-E-D, erased. It's it's very interesting play on that word. What came to you first, the book title or the concept of wanting to challenge this narrative of critical race theory? Uh, The book title and then all of the things that have been going on in society that the woke left has been forcing us to digest and consume. Um, Erased is a movement that loves all life and colors and, and uh, loves all mankind. And the, the, the desire through erase is that we will want to seek 
the good of those who are born and unborn and to save babies in the womb, but also to fight against critical race theory and, and many woke ideologies. I want to start with abortion if we can. There are many, many people who think that if you try to take their right to abortion away, you are forcing some sort of religious faith on them or your, um, I mean, there are people who call it sexist, you know, you're taking my reproductive rights away. There are women who really feel like this is sort of their last line of defense. Um, how do you explain your stance on abortion to, to, to the women in your life? Well, number one, um, I'm a Christian, and so therefore I have a biblical worldview. And so I see the world through the lenses of the Bible. The Bible tells us in Exodus 20 and 13 that we shouldn't murder, you know, or we shouldn't kill. Uh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, in particular, it references seven things that God hates, one of which is the shedding of innocent blood. We know through the book of Psalms that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made by God. We're made in the image of God. So therefore, from that biblical worldview, my um, association with the ideology of abortion is that it is against God. Although it is the law of the land, it is evil and it is corrupt. We used to say in this nation that we're one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. But since 1973, we have robbed babies in the womb of justice and of liberty. And I believe that all children should have allowed should have a right to exist and to live and to be born. It's interesting. I, you know, it's hard to disagree with that, that notion. Uh, however, and I have plenty of friends and know plenty of people who would say, now, wait a minute, though. This is my choice. I am the mother. I am the woman carrying this fetus. And if I got pregnant, let's say, okay, the ones they always use, rape and incest, I, I cannot carry this baby around because for me, it is a product of evil. I was raped. That is an evil act. I'm now pregnant with this child. And, you know, if I find out before three months that I'm pregnant, uh, I, I feel I should have the right to terminate that pregnancy. Um, I mean, what's the answer to that from your, like you said, your biblical worldview? Let's define the word rape. What does rape mean? To rape uh, means to take advantage of another person's body against their will. So a woman was raped, and that is tragic, right? That's something um, that I believe that we, we, we need to penalize a person to the nth degree for yeah. doing to someone. And my heart goes out to women who have experienced that. Uh, but to rape a person is to take advantage of their body against their will. Do we now rape the baby and take advantage of the baby's body against its will? Because the baby is a human life. The question is not whether or not we should allow abortions for rape. The question is, is that baby a life? And if it is a life, do we have the right and the authority to kill and dismember that baby? Take a look at what happened to Tyree Nichols. We watched publicly as five black cops beat him senseless. They kicked him as if they were kicking a field goal. They punched him. They tased him. They did all of these things. We watched him be be just uh, brutally killed in, in our presence for us to see. Um, 
The same thing happens to a baby when it's uh, killed in his mother's womb. Oftentimes that baby is dismembered. The baby has its body parts ripped um, from from his body, its arms pulled apart, its skull crushed. You know, if it's a saline abortion, the baby is burned alive. It's tragic to watch these horrific things. And so I think we need to really put the focus where it needs to be. And that is for those who are pro-choice, they are saying that they support killing the most innocent amongst us. During the uh, 2022 elections, we saw we saw people campaign on the notion of mass murder, killing the the unborn. And we have become a barbaric nation. We have become sinister. We are as corrupt and as evil as Attila the Hun. Billions of dollars went towards convincing the American people that abortion should be allowed. And now we have this culture of death in society. And I believe that things will get worse as it relates to issues like Tyree Nichols. And when you're dealing with um, cops who have just, you know, lost their mind and they're uh, using the authority that they have in the wrong way. You'll see more smashing grabs. You'll see more innocent people killed. You'll see more mass shootings because we have made it hip and cool in our culture to kill. Wow, that's quite a statement. I, You know, th- there is a an argument to be made, I think, and, and a lot of people think, that at a certain, you know, at what point is the baby a feasible life? Now, I I think you're going to say that life begins at conception. And I think in many people's minds, not really. Maybe life begins when the heart starts beating. But is it cruel to terminate if, if a, a, a pregnancy a week into the pregnancy? Uh, you know, people see that, and I've heard it described this way, as a, quote, clump of cells um, I'm guessing that you don't see it that way. Is there is there a, a medium we can come to? Is there an agreement we can come to? And maybe in your worldview there is not, but of a of an acceptable time frame to terminate a pregnancy. You know, I witnessed many politicians and pastors waffle during the past election when they were ans- when they were asked simple questions like this. Really what you're asking me, are there any exceptions? Mm -hmm. All right. And for those who believe like I do, we are labeled as extreme. And if I'm going to be labeled as extreme because I believe that a baby is a human life at every stage, at every stage, it's a human life. It doesn't cease from being a human life until it's potentially a dead life. And for those who in society today push reproductive justice, that is not justice. That is reproductive murder. I believe that at all stages, a baby has the form and the ability to be a human life if we leave that baby alone and allow allow it to come to term through all three trimesters. Uh, it's very, you're committed to this. It's very clear. And, you know, I, a friend of mine, Tony Dungy, the Hall of Fame coach uh, and former player in the NFL, uh, was recently called extreme, called a bigot for his opinions about 
uh, abortion when he spoke at the pro-life uh, march in Washington, D.C. And I wonder if you saw that attack on him and what you sensed from all of that. You know, I, I tell you what, um, Coach Dungy is a man after God's own heart. He's the, he's what I call a salt of the earth kind of Christian. He's a man that has helped countless young men, no young men, train them and develop them and help them go from being a boy to a man and mm. being able to be athletes and to uh, even live out their Christian life and to be comfortable with doing that in a society that bludgeons Christians at, uh, you know, at the drop of a hat. I think that uh, Tony Dungy needs to be lauded, praised and supported. I wish that the average pastor would have as much courage as <laughs> Tony Dungy and stand on biblical authority. I believe that abortion is murder because the Bible makes it clear on life and murder. And so therefore we must take that position and hold to it. It's a, it's a, I just don't think this debate is ever going to stop. I bet you wish it could, but I, I it's, it's amazing. It is, it is. And in many ways it's, it's a fundraising mechanism for a lot of people on both sides, which kind of sickens me, but, um, it's so, so great to talk about this so honestly with you. And there's a lot more we want to get to the racist narrative to me, things really changed in 2020 after the death of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. I want to ask John Amanchukwu what he remembers about sort of that moment and how everything seemed to shift in America. That's coming up. Well, this is a quote, a food shortage could be coming even in the U.S., economic experts wrote recently. A food shortage. Imagine that. It's not that tough to imagine anymore, given we've been through the pandemic where people were, you know, rushing the aisles for toilet paper. We've seen all kinds of supply chain issues. A food shortage could be coming. So why not stockpile some things in your pantry and your garage that could be sitting there for 25 years that will have you covered? You can create that stockpile with the best selling four Patriots survival food kits. Now, this is not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the United States of America and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant. They stack easily. They'll be out of your way. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to 4 use code MICHELLE, and get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including this three-month survival kit. You'll get their famous year-long guarantee after your order, plus free shipping on orders of over $97. They're called 4Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families, and we love that. Just go to 4Patriots.com. That's the number 4Patriots.com, and use code MICHELLE with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to get 10% off. That's 4Patriots.com, code MICHELLE. Start building your own stockpile today. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, John. I live in Minnesota, not far from where um, everything hit the fan in 2020. And George Floyd was was murdered on the street. And, you know, I also was in Los Angeles when Rodney King was beat and there were the riots there. And I remember that so vividly. And I remember knowing that once those police officers in L.A. were acquitted, there was going to be an uproar. And there was. And very similarly, we had during the pandemic, the George Floyd murder and the uproar. What specific memory do you have of that George Floyd sort of moment that made you think something's changing here? Well, you know, after the death of George Floyd, the DEI business, the diversity, equity and and inclusion business ballooned to nearly $3.4 billion. What I witnessed was the exploitation of an isolated case where a gentleman lost his life and while being in the hands of, 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 of law enforcement, whether you believe he had fentanyl in his system or not, or whether you believe that he had some other heart issues or problems and that that's what led to the cause of the death of George Floyd, that's all up for debate and people are still debating that. However, what we saw was the exploitation of the death of George Floyd and people started to make him a hero after that as well. And there are race hustlers and race baiters in society who know how to keep blacks marginalized and angry. Um, There are people who seek to create racial tension The only way for cultural Marxism to exist is that there must be class warfare and racial tension. Mm -hmm. And there are people who capitalize uh, these tragic accidents and these tragic cases. And so therefore they make a business out of going to Minneapolis and, and shouting no justice, no peace. Well, at the same time, they'll say no justice, no peace when it's a white cop that potentially kills a black man. But they won't say anything about no justice, no peace when it comes to the killing of 20 million babies in the womb that are black since 1973. These same people will support, you know, um, abortion, but be upset when Roe v. Wade was overturned. 
So there's a great deal of uh, hypocrisy there, but there is a business behind it and people are being exploited for money. Yeah. You know, when you say race baiters, <laughs> the first person that comes to my mind is Al Sharpton every single time. <laughs> uh, and I, I just wonder, is, is his motive purely money? I believe that there was a point where his motives were, 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 were pure. Um, and more, more than likely that was during, you know, the true civil rights movement, you know, today, the, the, um, the, um, the historical civil rights movement has been replaced with something else. You know, there's a new movement of foot and it's really uh, cultural Marxism. And so I, I do believe that there was a time that that he was genuine, just as well as uh, Jesse Jackson. You know, Jesse mm -hmm. Jackson used to be a man who spoke against abortion. You know, he called it black genocide. But when it came time for him to run for the office of, of the presidency, uh, he sold his community down a river and he would no longer call abortion murder because he knew that he needed the funding mm -hmm. um, from special interest groups in order to be able to run his campaign. And so, uh, but what we see from Al Sharpton today and Jesse Jackson and many athletes who jump on the bandwagon who have little information, but they're just riled up because, you know, the white man is supposed to be the devil and blacks are supposed to be victims and we can't get rid of this victimhood status and mentality and class. So therefore, whenever something happens, we have to go to race first and it has to be based upon the skin tone of a person and not because of any other behavior factors. It's it is to me, it's as simple as that as well. You mentioned cultural Marxism a couple of times here, and I'm really fascinated by this topic because it does feel as though that's what's happening. There just has to be a something that divides us so starkly. And what better than America's original sin, slavery mm -hmm. And this, you know, this continuing, we are victims, we deserve reparations, that kind of thing, um, in spite of the Civil War, in spite of um, the Civil Rights Movement, in spite of all the progress that has been made, there continues to be, and I feel it, at least in my lifetime right now, it's it's bigger than ever. You talked about the DEI uh, game and, you know, Black Lives Matter. There's the movement and there's then there's the organization, which... In their in their documents, in their you know sort of mission statement, Marxism is right there. Yes. So what what do you think is behind this cultural Marxism? Why would we want to screw up everything in this country? Huh. There's so many ways that I could tackle that uh, that question. Politically speaking, I believe that the intent of critical race theory and cultural Marxism is to turn blacks against whites um, in general, but against white Republicans in particular. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when you look at critical race theory and you examine it, you see that whites are labeled as inherently racist. Yes. Yeah. However, when I talk to white Democrats about this, they're comfortable with it. They have no problem with being labeled as inherently racist. Why? Because they gain from it. It's a tool that keeps blacks on the liberal plantation. I say this often and people get upset when I say it, but I'm not going to stop saying it. I believe that blacks have become the cheap prostitutes of the Democratic Party. Mm. They screw us and barely pay us and we keep coming back for more. 
Michelle, I'm not I am not going to stop saying that. I almost want to say it again. Go it ahead. is true. Blacks have become the cheap prostitutes of the Democratic Party. They screw us and barely pay us. And we keep election after election coming back for more since. Why? 19- why? Well, there, there there are many reasons why. Um, when you consider Lyndon B. Johnson and what he did to the black community, by replacing the black father with a $400 check. Now, uh, government has become daddy and God for many black families. Mm -hmm. And the more you offer free stuff, there are people who have uh, taken a liking to this cycle of receiving something from the government for nothing, right? And so this free system, free this, free healthcare, you know, free housing, all of these things, these things have depleted the black community. And so since 1968, no Republican president has received more than 13 percent of the black vote. And so blacks are in a tough place politically. And I think that many blacks need to consider becoming independent and thinking from the middle. No one owns your vote. You're not going to be catered to until they begin to to stop taking your vote for granted. You know, there are many in the black community who think that you are born a Democrat. You know, I'm, I wasn't born a Democrat. I was shaping in sin and formed in iniquity. <laughs> uh, I have a choice to decide which political party I want to support. I see it every election cycle. When I walk up, I'm a six foot four, 260 pound black male. And they immediately think that I want a Democratic ballot. <laughs> and I love having these conversations with them, asking them, OK, well, do, am I wearing a sign that says Democrat? <laughs> do my glasses say Democrat? You know, I have a bald head. Is there something on my head that says Democrat? No, I, I, I want to I want a Republican ticket. You know, I, I believe in, in, in little in, in little government. I believe in the free market. I believe in school choice. I believe that children shouldn't have to go to school and be indoctrinated yes. by perverts who are trying to force our children to, be, to become trans transgender and pushing these gender theory and queer theory ideologies down their throat. As children. And As we're not talking children. about college kids. We're talking about Children, four and five-year-olds in kindergarten. Yes, four and five-year-olds who go to school and they're read material that is, you know, tantamount to a porn book. And so they are grooming and they're pushing these things before our kids. I'm against that. You know, I believe that you can't be pro-choice and be a Christian at the same time. Let me say that again. That might ruffle some feathers. That's okay. You can't be pro-choice and be a Christian at the same time. It doesn't work like that. You can't be for abortion, for the killing of the unborn, but then claim to name the name of Christ. And I think that today we need pastors in the culture. We need the church to do their job. We need to get out, the, get out of this business of trying to make people feel comfortable and make, make people feel good. People should feel when they leave a service the way that they should feel based upon how they are living. I say this all the time that there are three things that every pastor needs. They need a jawbone, a backbone, and a tailbone. <laughs> they need a jawbone so that they can speak up. 
a backbone so that they can stand up and a tailbone so that they can hold up. And in today's culture, many pastors are jawless and they are spineless and they have no tailbone. They're light in the pants. The moment pressure comes, they tuck tail and run and begin to lie on the scriptures because they are afraid. Get this of sheep. Pastors are called to lead sheep, not to be led by sheep. Yeah, it's 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 something that's happening in corporate America as well, in politics as well, that um, now in, in the case of politics, it's the sheep that are hiring the politicians, they're electing them and paying them, but they are also, um, I, 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 it's, it's staggering to me on what basis we are electing people and paying them to, to not just represent us, but to actually tell us what to do to bully us back. You mentioned it a little bit earlier and I want to get into this next. And that is you give away your vote, you get things for free. I don't think you get them for free. And we're going to discuss that next. All right. How's your retirement fund? Are you planning? Because you should be. You can't work your whole life and you've got to have some money ready to take care of you when your working career is over. And one of the safest ways to invest is gold and silver. And the only company I trust when investing in gold and silver is Legacy Precious Metals. Now, you should look into this and you should do it soon. I mean, we've got inflation. We've got grocery prices that are through the roof. Gas prices are who knows what they're going to be from day to day. The stock market's a little. So when you're investing, you want to do at least part of it in a really safe and stable way. And that's what gold and silver offer. Gold provides a hedge against inflation. It protects against a weakening dollar. It is a smart long-term play. Now, remember 2008? When people invested in gold in 2008, they saw nice gains. And those who didn't, well, many of them lost their retirement. So do this now. Call Legacy Precious Metals. You can speak to an IRA expert. Get all your questions asked. How much should I invest? What percentage of my IRA should be invested in gold? All Whatever question you have, speak directly to an IRA expert. Here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. So when people vote, they send someone to Congress or to the to the White House, wherever they send them, to the governor's mansion, and a lot of these politicians promise you things. They promise you free health care. They promise you a free cell phone. They promise you whatever. And maybe you get those things and you think, yes, I just got this for free. Well, no, you didn't because the health care is going to be decided for you by the people giving it to you. You don't get to choose what you're paying for. You don't get to choose how to use it. You don't get to choose when to use it. And the struggle you have to go through to, to get the benefits of that are ridiculous. This is not a free market when you get stuff from people you elect because there is always something attached to it that you have to do that you, that, that is in control of you. You are not in control of it versus, you know, when you put something in the post office, you hope it's going to get there. You pay more to go FedEx, but you know it's going to get there because you've signed this little you know, kind of contract with FedEx that has to be there overnight. It's, it's, it's this free market society and that the fact that we're willing to give up that freedom in order to get free stuff 
but it's it's not really free, is it? It's I mean they they there's they hold the strings over it. Yeah, you're right. You know, free stuff comes with an albatross. There is a weight that is tied around your neck, you know, and the left loves to pander to economically disadvantaged communities and lure them in with the notion of something being free. But as you stated rather eloquently, there's nothing that is free. You know, even the free stuff someone has to pay for, you know, and that's why the left loves higher taxes because we have to find a way to pay for all of the free stuff that we are doling out to people. You know, biblically speaking, the Bible says that if a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat, you know, and so the Bible is against equity there, you know, you know, and so I really think today that we must get back to traditional values, normative behaviors, and we must understand that America was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles, and there must be uh, the basis for absolute truth. And that comes from the word of God. And it's from that, which is from the word of God that we get our moral code and our moral standards um, as it relates to voting every election cycle. You know, we need people to to think long term. What kind of world are we preparing our mm-hmm. children and our children's mm-hmm. children to inherit? We have to think think from the concept of the family, not just me centered, you know, not this self-centered narcissistic viewpoint of what's best for me in the moment, but what kind of nation am I leaving behind? Are moral values celebrated in this culture or are they demeaned? You know, are we turning over to the next generation, this desire to work and to labor? Are we creating a populace of uh, spoiled brats who are waiting for someone else to do something for them that they could do for themselves? There are many people in the black community who talk about this notion of reparations and being paid back for uh, several years of slavery, hundreds of years of slavery. You know, I really think that our opportunity is that we have overcome great obstacles in this country. America is not a perfect nation. No nation is, but America is still the greatest nation upon the face of the planet. My father is from Nigeria. He came to the States in the seventies. He met my mother in Elizabeth city, North Carolina. I went to Africa back in 2003. And let me say this to you rather boldly. When I went to Africa and by the time I got back, I was so happy to get back to the States. I could have kissed the bathroom of a (laughs) 7-Eleven. We have it good here. Our constitution, our rights, the freedoms that we have, the liberty that we have, you know, this republic that we have, if we can keep it. I, I really think that America doesn't know how good we have it. No, I couldn't agree more. I, it, it takes that kind of travel. It's it's interesting to say how bad our country is when you haven't seen every place else in the world. I'm I'm a fairly well traveled person myself. Um, and it, you know when I went to Colombia to adopt my daughter and saw what her life would have been like in Colombia, uh, I didn't consider us like oh we're saving her, but I thought I'm so grateful that that first of all Colombia is giving me this unbelievable gift of a child. Yeah. 
unbe- I mean, the unbelievable, unfathomable gift of this girl, mm. but also that I can give her a life that she deserves and that it, she can be productive in and happy and, and free. And, mm. uh, and mm. so I, I, I'm with you on that. And I, I, I'm so glad you bring that up because I think it is so easy for people who have never been anywhere else mm. and they've decided yes. to look at the worst time of America for them, right. the right. worst time, and say that that's what America still is. Um, I, 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 I want to finish with you on, on the critical race theory part of this because I, I, I have – Dear friends who think, I, I want my kids exposed to this. They're kids. And I think that what they believe they're saying is, I want them to learn black history. Well, yes, that's fine. But what they don't understand is this divide that is being created by critical race theory. Yes. How, how would you explain it to, to, <laughs> to even white liberals, what, what they're creating with this, with this divisive educational construct uh in better words this big lie right (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what are they what are they getting out of this big lie that does nothing but create tension you know critical race theory is the oppressor versus the oppressed dynamic that seeks to overthrow power structures and redistribute wealth Mm-hmm. And so whites are labeled as the oppressor. They are labeled as the one who have created systems that only are skewed in their favor. And unless you are a part of the majority, you're going to be in a class called the minority and you will never be able to realize the American dream. You know, uh, America has the most black millionaires, you know, as relates to a country than any country or continent on the face of the planet, right? Uh, Blacks do better here than any uh, nation, any country or any continent. Um, America has has had some rough um, spots in our past. Mm -hmm. However, through critical race theory, they seek to keep the scab or the wound from healing as relates to slavery and the Jim Crow era. I believe that critical race theory is the Jim Crow era in reverse. Blacks who are race hustlers are seeking to do to whites what was once done to them. It was evil and corrupt for blacks to be told that they couldn't sit at a countertop and eat with whites because of the color of their skin. That was evil. It was evil to tell a black person to tell them, hey, you can't drink from this water fountain because you're not white. It was evil to have blacks um, go down to vote, you know, in an election and told that they have to recite the preamble or they are not allowed to vote because of the color of their skin and be turned away. That was evil. And it's evil today to label all whites as inherently racist and to say that it's because of you that those things happened. Um, Critical race theory is creating a loser class as well. Well, there's a group of people who now think that the only reason why 
they were not able to go to college, to start that business, to get that job or to live in that house on the side of town that they so desire is because they are a victim and someone robbed them of this opportunity. And so it creates a loser class where uh, blacks, some blacks now view themselves as a defrauded and disenfranchised because of the pigmentation of their of their skin. And I'll be the first to tell you that I know numerous successful black people who have made it in America. You know what they did? They worked. <laughs> they took agency. They took agency. They went to school. They found a way to go to grad school. They got a doctorate. They started a business. You know, they found ways to uh, understand the capitalistic structure that we have set up in America. You know, if you want to find a way to create generational wealth, you know, get into real estate, you know, start a business, do something like that. But today, through critical race theory, the notion is blacks cannot succeed because of whites. And that isn't true. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the book is Erased, and I highly recommend it. John Amanchuku Sr., uh, uh, Uncovering the Lies of Critical Race Theory and Abortion. It's it's tremendous that you've joined us. I'm so happy to talk to you, and I hope we can do it again. Because as you know, there's so much to all of this, and we've just scratched the surface. And um, this cultural Marxism you describe, hmm. it's legit. It is yes. It is happening in America. And if we let it happen, we're toast. But yeah. if we battle back and I, I, I before I let you go, are, how optimistic are you that we can overcome this this crap? Am I optimistic that we can overcome the woke ideologies that are being pushed down our throats? Am I optimistic that we can overcome gender theory, queer theory and transgenderism? Of course I am. You know, I have read the end of the book and we have and the bible tells us that we overcome satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony every knee every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord as a christian believer i'm already victorious we have already overcome this is really a drama we're just waiting for the sound of the trumpet we're not waiting on victory. We already have it. We just have to occupy until Christ returns and do the work down here for a little while. John Amanchuku, I am so appreciative of your time and you're inspiring. You're delightful to talk to. And I hope that um, people will get your book again. It's called Erased, E-R-A-C-E-D. Uh, by John K. Amanchuku Jr. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Don't forget, like John, be brave and do good. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.